Welcome uh, everybody. Um, today my guest is uh, Raisa Hakoen, managing partner at Longevity Venture Partners. Um, recently, I, I read in the news that um, she has uh, raised 30 million for for her venture uh, capital investment firms, and I wanted absolutely to have her uh, as a guest because uh, the focus of her of her, of her uh, investment uh, company is great and very precious for for all of us. Uh, it's an impact VC. So, I, hello, Teresa. How are you? Hi. How are you? Thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure and honor to have you. Um, if you uh, if you agree, we will have. Uh, uh, two side, let's say, uh, discussion. A little, I want a little bit to know you better. What, what is your background? Uh, how you committed into entrepreneurship because you're also entre an entrepreneur, uh, and how then you committed into into investment uh, because it's not necessarily you know um, easy to understand the, the move from one side to the other side of the table. And then we will talk about in deep about the longevity venture partners that you co-founded. Uh, is it fine? Great, sounds fantastic, great. fantastic. So, please, could you a little bit uh, talk about your your path in and your your journey? Uh, uh, even as as a as a as a student, uh, did you did you already uh, have a dream to become entrepreneur, or investor, or mm -hmm. did something that came into your mind uh, at the end of your journey, or did did you have this this in mind very early? Sure, sure. So I was always taken with entrepreneurship. When I um, went to Brown University, uh, I studied entrepreneurship uh, under some of the professors there. Professor Danny Warshe uh, was a mentor of mine. And, uh, and, and I always loved, I loved entrepreneurship. I never imagined myself on the investor side, um, but I always saw myself as an entrepreneur. Um, right when I graduated, I moved to Israel. And I started my career there. Uh, I was at a large venture firm, uh, Jerusalem Venture Partners. Um, and then I spent a couple of years in, in high tech uh, at a company called NDS, which was acquired by Cisco. So I lived through that. It was at the time the largest acquisition in Israeli history um, and, uh, and a very interesting one, actually. So, so after I, uh, I left Cisco, um, I, well, I'll back up a second because um, it, it's, it's, it's quite an interesting journey. Mm. Um, about 10 years ago, this is right after I left Cisco, uh, my eldest was born. Uh, I have four boys. Wow, congratulations. <laughs> um, and when he was born, uh, we got stuck in the hospital for a very mm. long time. Uh, so he was in the NICU for about five months. Um, and it was just a terrible introduction to parenthood. Uh, and really my first time encountering the healthcare system, and it was a foreign healthcare system for me. And, uh, and, and we really struggled um, to understand and to advocate and, you know, sort of the, the learning curve was very, very steep. Um, and so when we got out of the hospital, um, I wrote a book. It was about, you know, my, the very personal journey uh, about my, you know, first time motherhood uh, and, and dealing with, you know, institutional healthcare from the patient and caregiver side. Um, and I published it. It's up on Amazon. It's called Sugar, A Tale of uh, Motherhood and Medicine. And, and I set about to build my first startup, which was solving, you know, the problem that I had, which was, you know, one of health literacy and learning how to uh, advocate and navigate the healthcare system. So I gave myself 18 months uh, to build sustainable revenue, which, as it turns out in healthcare, is not enough time, uh, not, not, not long enough for your sales cycle. And, um, and when I ended up closing that, um, you know, at, at the time it was, 
it was demoralizing, but now I call it, you know, failing forward. Um, I, the relationships that I had built in, you know, building that startup, um, you know, led me to start working with some, you know, private investors and start doing early stage, uh, early stage investing. So the entrepreneurial experience that I had really taught me everything I know about investing, which is there's no substitute for being in the right place at the right time. Um, and, uh, and, and it colors, you know, pretty much all of my thinking, uh, you know, on the investor side. Uh, thank you for sharing this, uh, this, uh, this experience and with us because I didn't prepare the, the question that I would like to ask you now because I just popped up in my mind. Fine. So you, you faced the health system in Israel, mm -hmm. uh, which is one of the best in the world, no? Uh, and as you are also an American, you know, by net, you, you are born in America and you grew up, you know that the health system in America can uh, be excellent and, and at the same time very awful, you know, it's, there is a, um, do you see this kind of, now this kind of opportunity uh, from, you know, somewhere like Israel, when you have a disease problem, you are very good taking charge, you know, by the system and compared to the U.S. and, And the, and how do you see uh, the potent the global potential of of of, of innovation in health? Uh, you know, and because uh, as a VC, you, you need to have a startup that can be a, a global success. You know, and the, and the problem of the health system that they are so different in, from country to country, and even in the US, I think from state to state, it's different. You know, so this is uh, this is that something. Um, Uh, you 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 were you were faced uh, you know uh, by obligation with your story you know but uh, how did you think about this now so i mean you hit the nail on the head there are a lot of there are a lot of issues that you come up against as an entrepreneur and and i'll i'll dive into a few of them the main thing that's top of mind for me you know when i think about global healthcare right is what can actually be solved by venture capital what is a technology scalable technology problem and what is a problem that's a you know social political cultural systematic problem because you can throw as much money as you want at that but it's not going to do anything right so in terms of america when you look at the way the system is structured and, and from a financial perspective it's it's very very un i mean you know any country with socialized medicine is their citizens should consider themselves very lucky um, because it's, you know, inherently fair. We were five months in the NICU and we walked out and we had no hospital bill. Mm. If that happened in America, we would be in serious medical debt. And so, so you know, the problem of, of that health inequity is a very, very serious problem. I'm not convinced that it's one that can be solved with venture capital. Mm. So not only are there specific issues that you're coming across as an entrepreneur, but when you're on the investor side, it's, you know, what can be solved with scalable technology and what cannot. Um, and so I think as an ecosystem, you know, we, we really need to band together and, and have a global sort of rethink. Um, but, but I'll dive into the specifics that you mentioned. So as an, as an Israeli entrepreneur, Israelis have incredible technologies. Mm. Um, but they trial them in the Israeli healthcare system. And the data is not reflective of how they're going to perform in the US. Absolutely. So from an investor perspective, they haven't really de-risked anything. So on one hand, they have you know data. On the other hand, from my perspective, it's not de-risked at all. So I'm not sure it's necessarily worth their time to do pilots in Israel. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so, so that's kind of one that's really top of mind. And, and, you know, the other one in, in the healthcare system is again, you know, back to the sales cycle, you know, it's an 18 to 24 month sales cycle. And, you know, if you're selling into, you know, hospitals, any medical institutions, those are company killers. You need mm. to prepare for that. You need to prepare for the length of that sales cycle. Um, because that's a company killer. Absolutely. We will talk about indeed because uh, uh, the go-to-market in the go-to to the uh, health market is very complicated. I know, I know because I, I supported many e-health startups also, and and the business model is a hell. Um, and now in France, uh, we try to to you know to to convince the, the founders you know to to do more much more B two C first and try to sell directly to patients or to the to the to the to the family around who support because they are willing to pay, uh, because it's it's a way to survive. And then at the same time, trying to negotiate a deal with the hospital, etc. But it's a hell, as you say, uh, it's it's a long it's a long process. Um, uh, you have a lot of yeah, you know, a lot of uh, hierarchical, you know, uh, points you know to pass. <laughs> um, and it's not just uh, hospital, also the insurer who you have to convince to, to, to reimburse the, the things. So it's a very complicated things, but at the same time, it's a necessity for all of us. So very complicated. So, uh, okay, perfect. So th this is make a great, uh, let's say, introduction to, to longevity uh, venture partners. Um, so uh, how did you um, think about launching your own venture capital and, and why? particularly in the silver economy or silver technology field? So because of that, the, the history that I have, you know, on the, on the personal side, I was very driven towards healthcare um, and towards caregiving. Mm. Uh, and so the silver tech economy, you know, sort of as a byproduct became a passion of mine uh, and, and something that I, you know, focused very heavily on even, you know, a, a few years ago when I was looking sort of more broadly at the early stage uh, ecosystem and opportunity. I always had an eye towards silver tech. And um, when I met my partners who are all sort of operators uh, in, in the nursing home and, and care space, um, it was, it was a, a, you know, a marriage of minds. We all very much deeply cared about, um, about the, the ecosystem and the industry. Um, and so we started with a private fund um, that was backed just by um, one of the partners. Uh, and uh, that was in 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was a private micro fund dedicated to silver tech, just to test out the thesis. Mm -hmm. um, and um, we made uh, nine investments. I returned the fund in cash. Um, wow. And with that momentum, we were able to raise um, this 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 next fund, which is mm -hmm. you know not a private fund. Uh, we have uh, many LPs, uh, all you know high net worths. Uh, high net worth individuals dedicated, um, you know, that, that care about the silver tech space as well. It's a, it's a fascinating and um, the investment the, the investment thesis uh, that focus on silver tech and and that is uh, that is included into into the silver economy. That is that it's all, all how can I say it's um, it seduce. Uh, Easily your LP, or did you have to fight and to prove? Look at look at look at the economics. Uh, we are we are getting uh, older and older. Look at the look, look at the demographics in the in the in the developing country. Uh, the young people are are, are, are um, you know like like the ice melting, you know, and and the old people are you know are bubbling like like a, like a, 
how do you defend the defend your, is it it something uh, that was uh, evident for your LP or not so i think any sort of emerging fund manager knows that your first fund is is built on trust mm -hmm. um so it was really people in our network uh that trusted my partners and that that trusted me based off you know the track record um that we had built together so so one it was based on trust uh two You know, silver tech is not climate tech. It's mm. not the buzzword of the day. It's not, um, for lack of a better, it's not attractive enough. Um, it's not sexy enough for a lack mm. of a better word um, to, to raise in venture, especially at the moment. Um, and so if you do look at the numbers, it's, it's really impossible to ignore. You know, basically with the, you know, reverse triangle of the fertility rate and the baby boomer generation that's mm. aging and, you know, you call it the silver tsunami. It's really hard to ignore when you look at mm. the numbers. Um, but again, it's not getting the credit that it deserves on the international stage. It's, it's, a, it's a very fascinating because uh, I, try to, I try to put myself in, in, the, in, the, in the suit of your LP, but also at the same time of the client of the of the um, of your startup because finally they are the same you know they are 40 years old older <laughs> so with, with white hair <laughs> so so as an individual you know they are, they are surely facing you know the the, the consequence of aging uh, we all know that uh, there is a exponential uh, uh, increase of the Of, of having you know disease when you when you pass the 45 years old uh, and 55 50 years old you know there is a, there is this exponential growth of of uh, probability to have a disease so as individual you know you, you know that you have you are facing things but as a, as a consumer or as, a, as an investor into a fund you are, you are you think you are still young you know you, you want to you want as you say you want to to, to, to your thing you you, you want to, continue to, to 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 live a young life and to have, to have fun things and it's this is, there is a paradox you know in their mind i think there is a complicated to to to, to consider themselves okay uh, if i if i invest or if i buy a product that is designed for for seniors uh you know uh, is it do you do you feel this paradox also when you discuss with uh, on... absolutely absolutely so first um first on the consumer side It's, it's hard. Nobody mm. wants to wear the emergency button. Mm. No one wants to buy, you know, a specific, maybe you would buy it for your, uh, for, for a parent or for a loved one, but, but no one wants to consider themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so it's very hard on the consumer side when the consumer doesn't want your product, but they mm. need, it, right? So let's talk about, you know, fall prevention or loneliness. These, these are, you know, interesting problems that are global problems. And, you know, do people want robots in their homes? Mm. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to say. Um, in terms of the, th the way I look at it, you know, any kind of passive technology that's able to provide that peace of mind um, is, is worth looking into. Mm. It's fascinating. Uh... I discussed with with uh, with an entrepreneur in, in the silver tech who told me when we uh, market something for the elders, we don't market it for the elders. We we target we 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 communicate it to them just like just uh, just uh, like they were you know uh, 30 years old. You know, for example, a robot for to fight loneliness instead of saying it's a robot to fight your, your loneliness because when you're lonely you have a cognitive decline they say it's a, it's a robot to have to to make you fun and make you dance you know 
it's, it's, it's a trick, but it works, you know, in terms of marketing. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not interested in investing in tricks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm interested in investing in game-changing technologies sure. that ultimately are going to change the way we live in age. Absolutely. Right? So my thesis is not, you know, I'm not looking for the biotech, how do we add another 30 years to our lives? Mm. And, you know, I'm not looking for the one-off products. I'm looking for, you know, silver tech really cuts, it's a horizontal in my mind instead of a vertical, right? It cuts across insure tech and fintech and ed tech and health tech. And, you know, future of work is a category that I really love looking at because I think the retirement age is completely irrelevant at this point. And if you had a way to ramp up and ramp down as you pleased, um, I think that would be a game changer mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, the way we, the way we age. So, um, so, so my perspective, I think is a little bit different and a little more holistic, you know, how do we change the game? How, why mm-hmm. are we stopping learning when we're 20? Why are we stopping to work when we're in our sixties? Why, why don't we have a more holistic life and, and mm-hmm. why can't technology facilitate? Uh, and talking about, uh, your technology interest, are you uh, you partially answer it, of course, but I would like you to, to develop a little bit more. Are you focused only on digital um, technology or, or you, you go uh, into the hardware and, and, and physical technology? We talk about robots, but uh, it could be also something else, such as device. Or Because uh, well, I ask this question because uh, the hard, hardware and device are the, I, I am used to say, is the, uh, the abandoned child of the VC industry. The VC doesn't like physical um, device and, and and hardware because they are very difficult to develop, very difficult at, at for the exit. There is there is exit. There is a big exit market, but it takes a lot of time before the exit. So, what is your thought about uh, uh, the, 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 the the your technology interest? So, I'm not afraid of hardware, mm-hmm. um, but it's not going to be heavy in the portfolio. Mm. You know, I'm going to be able to make two or three bets in the hardware space. In the first uh, fund, I had uh, one device, um, and that that was actually exited quite quickly. Um, and so, so you know, I, I think we will again any passive technologies that are gathering new personalized data that allow consumers to age in place. I'm I'm interested, and I'm actively looking. Mm. Robots. I'm looking, but I'm not convinced that they're going to solve the problems that we want them to solve. Mm. Meaning in the automation space, absolutely. Um, in the loneliness space, you know, I'm, I'm not, mm. I'm not. Convinced. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. Um, so how, um, let's say, talk about a little bit about longevity venture partners. How do you, um, scoot? Uh, and 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 find your deal flow. Is, do you invest only in Israeli-based headquarters startup, or do you seek European or American also? Uh, because it's uh, for an emerging VC, it's complicated, you know, to deal all the legal uh, peculiarity of each country. You know, you have to deal with the with the with the law system of Israel, and if you want to invest in, in European ones, you have to understand also how it works, uh, the term sheet and. and every law around the startup investment in France and in the United States, etc. So do you have, um, uh, what is your, your geographical uh, way of scooting and investing? Sure. So we're based in Israel. So that's going to be, and it's historically been about 80% of the portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, because Silver Tech is such a, 
you know, I don't think it's niche, but, but, you know, the, the deal flow is very specific. Um, so, so I do scout globally. Um, mm-hmm. and I will look at, uh, at companies abroad, although I think that what's coming out of the Israeli ecosystem is some of the most exciting that I've seen. Um, and so, you know, we'll continue with the portfolio will be about 80% Israeli or Israeli mm-hmm. abroad. And the 20% rest is uh, American or in British, French or? Uh, to be determined. I mean, the truth is that, that fund one, we had one U.S. Uh, and one Japanese investment. Wow. Um, and um, we are just looking. I look in the space. I see everything. And I try to grab the top 1% of, of entrepreneurs. Um, and back the top 1% of entrepreneurs that I see in the space. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, you talk about Japanese investment uh, investment in the Japanese South. Indeed, uh, the uh, the problem there is is is, is crazy. Uh, they're paying uh, attention. Yeah, absolutely. Paying. And w- what about uh, the demographics uh, in, in Israel? Is it, because I, I know that there is a, is a dynamic country with a lot of born, but What is the, the dynamic? Is there also uh, this uh, this uh, inversion of the of the of the um, you know of the of the of the, of the demographic uh, chart or, or not? So Israel is, I think, one of the only um, countries uh, in the OECD with uh, with a, a, with a, a positive. Uh, mm. um, and so I think it's maybe less acute here. It's also very small geography. Mm. Right? So in America, if you live far away from your parents and you can't take care of them, it's really a problem. And if you're in Israel, you drive two hours. You know what I mean? Like the, the geography is very small. Mm. And it sort of goes back to kind of the, the socialized system. It's, it's mm. a very, um, you know, community. And there's a, just a strong social fabric here. Mm. So I think, you know, in Israel, you actually feel the um the silver tech problems less acutely um but they're still there mm-hmm. but it's very interesting once you start looking across the globe i mean japan is very very aware of the you know um of the silver tsunami and uh and and the effects thereof if you go to you know the uae the social fabric there is very tight they don't even have nursing homes people mm-hmm. live with their families Mm-mm. right and it's a society it's a society where there's very um you know there's a, a lot of foreigners that come in and and take care of the elderly population in their homes mm. uh, with their families so it's just really interesting to look you know cross culturally at the way everyone is is you know trying to solve these these different problems that come up with the with the aging society Absolutely, and um, you know, in in marketing, there is a, there is a framework that talk about you know the level of awareness of a problem uh, that um, that potential clients can have. Uh, if they are fully aware, of course, they are easy to convince because they are seeking a problem, they are seeking a solution, and they already know all the solution. They are they are so they are easy client. But you have us at the bottom of the framework. You have people who are not aware that they have the problem. And they are the most difficult because you have to evangelize. You know, your you have to to educate the market and this and and do you also uh, evaluate this this kind of uh, um, let's say um, where where the technology is in this framework to see if you the, the founder will have to do a lot of market education or they are ready to sell or this this is something you look at also. 
Yeah, look, you don't really want to be the first mover in that situation when you're educating a market, right? You kind of want to be number two, number three, where you can pick up uh, on the work that the the first the first one uh, has done. Um, and so, you know, it's certainly something we're aware of. You know, I think, you know, Japan is very aware of what's going on and there's a stronger willingness to pay. Canada, there's actually a strong awareness. Um, and in the U.S., it's still falling on the consumer. Um, and so it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic, but it is top of mind for a lot of those consumers that are in the sandwich generation. Again, concerning you know the the deal flow and how you you select your startups. So you talk about that you you focus mainly on the Israeli startup, eighty percent, but you are also open to 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 have a to have a connection and and maybe even to see pitch from from outside uh, founders. Uh, how do you um, do your your let's say your your interview do, is it only by zoom or do you like to meet them and to see uh, them in real, in real in real life or or do you, are you a full remote uh, investor what type of investor are you in the, in so i i would prefer to to meet and and see the offices and and see mm. the product and i think you know you have more Uh, uh, stronger data points uh, mm. when you can go somewhere and observe. Uh, on the other hand, you know, I was allocating all through COVID. So Absolutely. that was all remote. Um, and so I think it's actually harder to pitch over Zoom and to build a relationship remotely. Mm. So the entrepreneurs that manage to do that, I think, are very, very strong. Mm. Absolutely, and uh, so do you do do you participate in in startup weekends and these kind of events to 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 meet them and to to meet them in stage and defending their their, their vision? Uh, I guess uh, it's it's also a way that you work. Um, yeah, we absolutely will go to conferences and and participate in those judging panels. Um, but but you know a lot of our um deal flow comes from you know a trusted network of mm. you know, co uh, co investors that we work with um and also entrepreneurs you know i don't want to sit in an ivory tower um mm. and wait for deal flow to come to me so i very actively and even sometimes aggressively scout companies um and uh and if i'm i get approached if they're charming enough i'm happy to to take a To, to take a meeting, absolutely. So you understand why I asked this question, because if people will, will watch this interview, will say, oh, it's interesting, we are doing something in the silver tech, maybe they would like to you know to connect to you. So you are open to, to be contacted on LinkedIn or directly through your site, to, uh, or do you work only on, on, on peer-to-peer recommendation? I think, you know, if you can get a warm, this is in general, right? Mm. For entrepreneurs, if you can get a warm introduction through you or if you could send me decks or if they know someone who, um, you know, warm introductions are better because for some reason trust is uh, uh, transferable, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, so I think that's a better way to start a relationship. But, but absolutely, I'm available. Fantastic. So I would make a little transition just to thank, uh, just to thank uh, Stefan Nasser, who helped me to, to prepare this interview. He's the co-founder CEO of OpenVC, a platform that uh, connects uh, the best founder to the best VC, such as yourself. And um, he, he, he played uh, the role of the warm introducer because work on with the startup side, 
to to make their documents ready and and to see that because many startups when they send pitch deck it's full of error and and they are not uh, well prepared you know they 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 do awful cold emailing he helped them to be uh, to be visible like <laughs> the term is we, let's let's invent the term and he also worked with the VC side of the to to establish a close relationship to know exactly what type of uh, investor they want, uh, sorry, the type of founder they want, so that he can make the great warm introduction. Uh, so thanks, Nas, thanks, Stefan, and for your help to, to the preparation of this interview. Um, concerning uh, Letman, the, the your investment. So you are the first. You are. Do you like to invest alone or with with the with the with the syndicate of other VC? Uh, or, and how much equity do you like to, to take uh, in, in, in the startup? Yeah, so, you know, it's an interesting market right now. Uh, I can give you some general rules, um, but, you know, uh, we, we break them often. Um, and, you know, the truth is we like to take between 5 to 10% uh, in any company. We generally don't lead the rounds, but we're sort of the number two in the cap table there. Um, and, you know, we collaborate across, um, uh, uh, you know, we have very deep relationships uh, globally. Um, mm. So we're very sort of agnostic in terms of, you know, what is the best strategic support that we can build in the funding round? So is it just VCs or is it strategic angels or is it, you know, um, strategic institutions that want to come in? So how are you going to think about building the strongest round that can support the company? You know, to their next milestone. And um, what is the the average ticket you like to invest in terms of money? So, so it again depends on the on the valuation, but anywhere from you know two fifty to a million. Wow! Oh, it's great. Uh, maybe I, I I forget a question about the about the selection. Um, um, oh yes, of course. What what is the stage you invest in? Do you do you like uh, the the pre seed idea stage? You know, from the idea to the prototype, or do you a little bit later uh, prototype to to first customer one? So ideally, it's a very strong team. Again, I'm looking for the top one percent. Um, I have invested pre product, mm-hmm. um, but ideally, there's a product with some kind of data. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's LOIs or partnerships or design partners uh, from their customers. So usually I like to see three to five relationships uh, with those customers, ideally paid, but, you know, unpaid. It's still, it's just, you know, signals for me where I can get to conviction or I can say, look, this is a, you know, significant problem. This is the best team we've identified to tackle this problem. And they're setting about it the right way. Mm-hmm. It's very important because uh, you are not, putting a, a no way, uh, you know, you accept the idea to, to, to look at the, the, the founders if they are pressed, but if there are some, uh, let's say, some convincible traction, um, uh, proof of traction, you, you, can, you can look and even invest. So it's very interesting, but also, of course, uh, uh, we all prefer um, customer-ready uh, startups. But of course, but this is very interesting because uh, it's, uh, it's honorable as a VC, venture capital firm, you know, to, to look at the pre-seed and but of course, giving giving uh, the advice to founders um, before knocking at the door of a VC, try to have some uh, reliable traction. And it's not necessarily a customer; it could be user, it could be part, a big stakeholders, 
partnership with with, with big name, etc. Uh, this can be a good uh, good proof for a VC that you can you can you can bring the project to the next next milestone. And uh, so, okay, we talk about the, the deal flow, the investment, and and about your your commitment with the startup or portfolio. Are you uh, hands off? You know, you you make the money, and then guys, um, you're. Let, uh, or how or do you do you like to have some kind of hands-on active ag- relationship with them and and how do you do that? Sure. So the truth is is that my partners have the deep operational experience in the silver tech industry. So you know they're available to our portfolio companies and they can provide kind of you know the the industry expertise and network um, that I think our startups are really looking for. Um, for for me, I'm usually um, sometimes I sit on boards, but I'm usually the first call if something good or something bad happens. So I get a text when they've landed contracts or when, you know, things are good. And also, you know, and lately when things are not so good. So I, I you know, I consider myself an entrepreneur at heart. So yeah. I, I really try to, you know, support my entrepreneurs because it is a, it's a journey and it's not a linear. Absolutely. Because, uh, most of the time, uh, entrepreneurship is a is a psychological fight against the, the market and against ourselves too, and uh, having a VC that can just you know uh, have some good words congratulate you when you are alone in your in French we have an expression that's saying having uh, I will say it in French I will then I will translate avoir le nez dans le guidon which means having your noise into the bike you know you are so focused on what you are doing that that um, you, you need someone to give you uh, some kind of uh, outside feedback uh, with, with, with a frank and direct, honest, you know, uh, and this is very, uh, very important that what, 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 what an early stage which you can do for, for this portfolio. Uh, you, can, you, can, you, can, you can make a real difference, but you have also your partner, as you said, they are door openers because they are deeply connected to the industry. Um, uh, Stefan asked me also to... to a question that uh, during, during because you invested during the COVID, right? Mm-hmm. So you you were in the middle of the of the you know of the of the of the cyclone. So how do you have some anecdote to share how you supported and uh, some started because it was a crazy a crazy moment all the way all all on the planet. So particularly for the VC industry. So an anecdote to support. I don't, look, it was a hard time. Yeah. It, there were some hard conversations that we had with our entrepreneurs, you know, and some, you know, needed more money and and you know, the the dynamics of a private fund are maybe a little different than the dynamics of a, a fund uh, when you're beholden to to a number of LPs. And, you know, so there were conversations that we had that we said, you know, I, we, we can't we love what you've done. You know, we, we, we can't continue to support you in this environment. There is just so much uncertainty. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, even now, there are companies that I have that are, you know, uh, running out of runway, let's call mm. it that. And I said, you know, you guys, you do your heads down. You guys try to fundraise, you know maybe it's time for me to have some backdoor conversations with, you know, investment bankers and see if there's, you know, a buyer for an aqua hire. I know it's not, not nice to hear. Um, but you know, let me do my job. You do your job and, you know, and then you'll have more cards to play on the table. Yeah. Uh, I hope we, we are all uh, out of this crazy, uh, momentum of COVID now uh, it's back behind us maybe not so. yeah know. yeah because uh, everything that has 
and bring the COVID on the table are still on the table, you know, uh, overpopulation and uh, lack of sanitary, uh, uh, lack of hygiene and hygiene and and science and wealth. Uh, well, you, you mean what I you understand what I mean? The the part of the world are overpopulated. They are they are, they are drink bad water, eating food that uh, you know in the market. Uh, animal market. So what have been the cause, maybe the cause of the emergence of the COVID is still on the table and we will surely have other other pandemics in the coming years. But let's say we are more prepared now. Hope so. <laughs> so uh, what what type of exit uh, do you do you expect in terms of duration? Uh, do you want to have a five? Do you have a, a year, some years in your mind, five years or eight years or six years or or less, or, and what type of exit do you prefer, or if you have a preference? I mean, uh, do you prefer to be buy out by a bigger VC or, or direct IPO or being being having acquisition by big corporation? What is your best view in in the exit? Um, so I think the manner is is less important. Like the formula was, and and maybe not relevant for the market today, but the formula was. Show me how your startup gets from zero to one million in ARR, one to ten, and ten to hundred, and then you're going to IPO, and you have five to seven years to do that. That was the formula, right? But that was when the IPO market was happening, mm. and it's not at the moment, um, or for the foreseeable future. It's you you're, know, you're no talking, you are talking the IPO on the TAS or, or on the Nasdaq or no, everywhere. And anywhere, but anywhere. specifically on the on the in the U.S. Um, and so, so I think that formula may hold for companies that are building now um, because they have time. You know, they have five years to build that out. But I think you know, ultimately, what you have to ask yourself as an entrepreneur is, what value am I creating? You know, who's willing to pay for it, and how fast can I scale it? Hmm. And so, from an investor perspective. You know, if I'm thinking about the value that you're creating, I need to know who's going to buy it on the consumer side, who's going to buy it as a potential acquirer, um, and how much they'd be willing to pay. And in the healthcare space and in the silver tech space, significantly lower multiples mm. than you have in you know cyber or e-commerce. So you you need to be very careful about kind of your unit economics and your metrics. Um, maybe raise less. Uh, than you see other companies raising, um, just so that you're you're keeping. I think now it's just a, a slide all the way back to the fundamental, and that's just building value, and then that's manifested in the form of recurring revenue. Mm, great. Uh, usually, uh, we don't. We there is there is a saying in in France that. Never ask a VC to pitch a startup. It's not their job. <laughs> it's the job of the founder, you know, because the founder put their stake, you know, in 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 the, in the game. So they, you know, the the, the defender their their, their beef stake. But can you can you pitch us some some investment that you made recently and and it's exciting for the future? Uh, they are very very exciting in terms of technology or market or both. Oh, you mean to pitch my fund or to pitch one of the companies we've invested? Yes, yeah, the startup in your in your portfolio. You invested oh, recently. Startups in the portfolio. So I don't know if I can disclose any of the ones that are that are oh, they are, they are in, in the RD mode. Okay. Um but um you know I would say it's so the the it's um 
so Vaxella AI is mm-hmm. um it's the Japanese company that I mentioned. I mean they're they're Delaware Incorporated, but they're focusing on the Japanese market. Um and they're creating a SaaS platform that sits on top of CCTV uh recordings mm. and basically gets uh daily living activity of all of the residents. Wow. So you have basically an entire database of motion where like normally it's actually done manually and there are a lot of uh, you know data points that are that are lost. Um, but if you have it on camera, um, it's also fall prevention, but you know, the larger vision is to build this, you know, database of motion for all the residents so that you have this, you know, kind of, uh, snapshot and trends over time about their, um, uh, their mobility. Mm. So I think they're doing super, super interesting stuff and it's, you know, serial entrepreneurs, they had a previous exit, um, in a completely different space. Um, and what's really exciting, I think, about SilverTech is that I'm seeing a lot of repeat entrepreneurs that decided that they want to do something meaningful. And they had an experience with their parent or their grandparent or someone, um, and and it led them to the uh, to the SilverTech market. Um, and so we're seeing a lot of seasoned entrepreneurs come and look in the silver tech market and start to build, which is really exciting. Absolutely great, fascinating. And uh, and their content is broadcast on TV channel, which is uh, the main uh, way that elders connect to to, to the connect to, to the CTV is a very, very important. So yes, great, great, great deal. Uh, um, what would be for you, let's say, um, uh, a no way, you know, even even you have, let's, let's face it, you have a great team. They come, they have a great tech, they have a great pitch, but there is something for you is a no way. <laughs> Usually it's um, coachability. Oh, if, great. If, if there's not a good fit uh, and we don't feel like we can work with entrepreneurs and be helpful to them, and we're not going to add that much value. Mm. Um, and that's our job uh, is to write checks and add value. Um, so, so I would say, you know, that's, that's kind of a, a number one. Um, it's a gr- great answer because, uh, having a VC of several VC on board is, is having, uh, other co- kind of co-founder with you. If you are not willing to hear what they have to say and, and, you know, to, 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 to have this dance, you know, this duo, this dance with them, uh, don't, don't knock at, at the door of VC, just try to bootstrap, but, uh. Uh, it's great, great answer. Absolutely, you, you can have a great team, great product, great, uh, great market. But if you are not coachable, uh, do not knock at the door of the VC. Uh, you have to understand what they are telling to you and to to dance with them. Um, f- fantastic. Uh, so let's talk about a little bit of the future of uh, um, of uh, longevity venture partners. What what is are you uh, seeking? Are you uh, are you raise? Would you like to raise other funds? Uh, on the same verticals, other verticals, or uh, uh, and what, how do you see the? Uh, because you are quite unique. That's why. That's why I wanted to have you on 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 my sh- on my podcast because uh, even the subject is very important globally. Uh, we don't see. I don't see in my knowledge a VC having the investment thesis focusing on 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 the silver tech. Very few, or uh, maybe I miss them, but uh, you are very unique. I mean, and- there's prime time and there's third act, um, mm-hmm. but there's, in my mind, definitely not enough for the opportunity that's out there. Absolutely. So what is, what is your future? So our, for our vision, I mean, for mm-hmm. the next couple of years, we're deploying this $30 million fund, mm-hmm. um, pre-seed and seed. 
But I think ultimately, you know, the longevity space deserves an empire. So I mm-hmm. could see a growth fund in our future and then another pre-seed seed fund um, and kind of, you know, building out those uh, those different instruments. But ultimately, it's just a conduit to support the entrepreneurs that are, you know, doing fantastic things in this amazing space. Great. Uh, it was uh, it was it was a delight to have you, uh, Raisa. Uh, very uh, insightful. Uh, uh, what you do is precious and very important. Thank you so much for being my guest. And uh, would you like to conclude with some maybe some advice to founders uh, to, for, for for the first time to founders because they are the one who need. Uh, some guidelines from an experienced uh, professional such as yourself? Sure. Um, you know, I, there's no magic to it, but I think trust is the name of the game. This, mm. is a, this is a trust game. So, you know, entrepreneurs that manage to build relationships and build trust, you know, investors don't want to be nameless, faceless check writers, mm. you know, and the, fa- the faster you can build trust in the industry, these are, you know, multi-decade businesses and relationships. Um, so invest in them. Absolutely. Relationship is very important in every human interaction. Thank you so much again and wish you the best and hope to see you again. Uh, okay, thank you for having me, Ari. I really appreciate it. It's it's nice to be able to shed a light on a, on a space that I think doesn't get enough attention.